Hello and welcome back to Really It Appears, where we chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name is Gary O'Brien, and joining me today, once again, it's Shadow O'Reilly, as we discuss the 2013 surreal art drama and winner of the Best International Feature Film at the Oscars, The Great Beauty. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Just before people get angry at me, how do you pronounce this properly? La Grande Bellezza. La Grande Bellezza. Uh, no, uh, that, grande... that sounds like something I order in Starbucks. <laughs> Yeah, we're starting with the bad jokes immediately. <laughs> immediately. The most, the fanciest, like fanciest artsiest movie I think on the podcast, and I'm we're making, I'm making Starbucks jokes from 2008. Get out! Just leave now, please, please leave me <laughs> the great beauty. <laughs> um, Charlotte, you're back. Hello, how are we? Are we well? We are well, Gary. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm are not, you well? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> thank you so much for co- one coming back, <laughs> come back, and two, um, agreeing to 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 do this in person when usually I what you call I have to zoom you from Paris but you're you manage to you're back in the country for We're a back. very short window of time yes who knows how short who knows when I'll leave again <laughs> not me I haven't booked flights it depends on immigration and <laughs> exactly whatnot. if they find me they'll kick me out <laughs> uh, but you're back for actually a very exciting reason because you've I, this is the this is I've been waiting for this for fucking ever <laughs> since the podcast began being able to plug content or be able to promote something on the podcast and congratulations thank, Gary. No, thank you congratulations to you because you, you've done something that's very <laughs> impressive that's worth oh, promoting and um, you're going to be performing in smock alley as part of this festival scene and heard i am indeed it is supported by the arts council of ireland um it is on february 25th at 3 p.m and mm-hmm. it is called gary what's it called i've written it down here because it's in irish it's fair gui august Graw. three things that are never seen there you go. Great. Thanks so much. No problem. Although, anyone else, I also have another thing to promote, by the way. Oh, go on. Right. Yeah, yeah, work away. Um, 3 p.m. on, sorry, I think it's 2.15 on a Saturday, the 25th, <laughs> Ireland versus Italy of the Six Nations. Go watch it. Support the boys in green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, no, we'll talk about that a bit later on. The Your play, your impressive play, not the Ireland rugby team. Although, I, anyway. Although. Although. Uh, we'll decide that later on. Have those men in green? <laughs> Um, but no, you're here to talk about this movie called The Great Beauty yes. that you have been shouting on for, for quite a while. I, yes. And, and then yes. you were like, I want to do it for a podcast. And I was like, fine, I guess I have to watch it. So. And what were your impressions? My impressions were, why was why did I have to watch this? <laughs> no, they were not. You sent me a lovely message. I did send you a lovely message. But for anyone who, one doesn't know what this movie is. Yes. And doesn't know what it's about. I guess just a bit of background on it is that it's, like I mentioned up top, it's an art drama mm-hmm. directed by Paolo, Paolo Sorrent, Sorrentino. 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 Oh, thank you. You can be my Italian interpreter. <laughs> um, and it premiered at the 2013 Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, it did not win for the ba- uh, Palme d'Or. It lost to a French film, would you called oh. Blue is the Warmest Colour. Oh my goodness. There you go. Terrible. But it's also won BAFTAs, it's won Golden Globes, and like I said, it's also won Oscars. And it's a very surreal movie about a man, an art critic, an art journalist. You know what? I don't know what he does, and I think that's part of the magic of it. I think that's this. part of the magic of it. He is like this art journalist in his 60s living in Rome, in part mm-hmm. of this high society. He wrote one book once in his life, 
and then got immense fame and now someone is trying to get him to write another book but mm-hmm. that's not even the whole plot it's not even the whole plot I'm just trying to give oh. the vaguest piece of content yes. because I, it's so I'll explain it in a bit in a sec but um, I read the Wikipedia for the story and it's maybe mm. like two paragraphs and this movie's like two hours and a half two and a half hours long <laughs> and like where the fuck is all this movie exactly plot, plot. but yeah it's basically just this guy um, something happens in his life and it's just him contemplating his mortality and yeah, also yeah I think it's also based around his 70th birthday 65th Okay. I well, watched this like two days ago. Fair so, enough, yeah. fair enough. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's and it's just this emotional journey as he goes through on trying to, you know, make sense of life, but also yeah. um, the beauty of the beauty and grotesque of Rome, I suppose. It's very stunning. Um but yeah, so why why one, why did you want to do this? And two, why did you watch it three times in a week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I answered the first question. <laughs> you did, yeah. I think it's the only film that I've seen three times in quick succession. Um, and as soon as I saw it the first time, I instantly wanted to watch it again. And I did watch it a week later, mm-hmm. and then I watched it about two weeks after that. Um, I think the f- biggest thing that struck me was just um, how dreamy it is. Like you get mm-hmm. this sense that nothing is actually happening and that yeah. none of it is real and that mm-hmm. all of it is a complete illusion or a fabrication or dream or a memory and you're not really sure. Yeah. Um, and only after watching it several times did I kind of start to pick out what is real and what's not. Or, But even then it's just hypothesis and I think that's really magical. Yeah, and like, so I only watched the one time, so I'm, I'm very underprepared. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, I'd never seen anything by this director before. Mm. And immediately in the movie, I was, I was kind of blown away with some of his um, directions, like especially in like some of the camera movements and such like that. But also yeah. just the general vibe he's able to create in those first 10 minutes, I would say. Yeah. But that, how that carries on for the rest of the movie, like you say, that sort of dream state. Um, but also the script in this movie is unbelievable. Stunning. Um, the last bit, I'm not going to ruin it obviously up top, mm. but there's a bit at the end um, that was just, you, you're kind of just left a bit breathless with it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that also comes down to the lead actor whose name is Tony Cervello, I think it's how you Tony pronounce it. Tony Cervello. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, grazie. <laughs> grazie mille. Uh, prego, prego. Uh, uh, oh, uh, no, thanks. I'm full. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I think I think the directing, the script, and some of the cinematography and the acting kind of really do tie it together as like a... Okay, it, it's it's very beautiful to look at, yeah. I think. I think it's a, it makes you ponder a lot about what is it about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I did spend a lot of the movie going like, what the fuck is this about? Oh, totally. I think I think what's so interesting is that he clearly, from the get-go, has no regard for trying to tell people what it's about. Yeah. Like, the, you know, like the whole, I think the first 10, 15 minutes is all just complete abstraction or like nonsense. Yeah. You know, that's not relevant to anything else that comes after. Well, I had a question from the beginning of this movie where there's a tourist that dies for no reason whatsoever yeah. and that's never mentioned again. <laughs> never mentioned And I was again. scrolling through my notes and I, I, I was trying to keep track of it all and I was like, what the fuck? It's, that's not too much of a spoiler. That, no, no, someone that dies literally in happens the first two minutes. But um, for me, and again, maybe we're jumping a bit around too much around the place, but the score as well, actually, I'm going to add that also mm. onto what ties in it together. That party scene at the beginning with the sound, Stunning. but also how it's contrasted at the beginning with that sort of angelic choir yeah. and how it's such a hard cut between the two really just goes to show you that you're kind of like, this movie is very much about like beauty and romance in a way, but also just debauchery and, um, what's the word? Yeah, just debauchery. Also debauchery. debauchery. No, yeah. I mean, I think as well, like it's not... You can tell the director isn't trying to create like it's he's never at any point trying to give you an opinion mm-hmm. what what you oh, should yeah. think of anything that that's happening like he doesn't make any judgment on any of the characters even um 
there's talk of sex workers and there's, you know, all of these like issues that could be painted in a certain light Mm -hmm. and they're just not. It's just, it's somehow this um, view or like look on, on, and the way that he shoots it and everything. It's just so unapologetic, but also not trying to force an opinion on you. And I think that's really important. Would you call it undisciplined? Yeah, I think I would, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of it goes on for... I think you could shave 20 minutes out of this movie, oh, if I'm perfectly totally, honest. totally, totally. But I guess, okay, but like, I know we kind of said we don't know what it's about, but what do you, what were your main takeaways from the movie? Like, what did you feel it was trying to say the most, I guess? Because mm. like we said, it's not saying anything, but what, what did you get from it? I think the scenes that stand out, I won't ruin them, but I think all of them, what they all have in common is that they're just these moments Mm -hmm. and like I think there's something interesting that happens in the way that he films it that is exactly that it goes on for too long yes and but I think it's almost done like deliberately because he's trying to suspend you in these moments of magic yeah that like you get in normal life but instantly we brush past them Mm -hmm. and actually he kind of suspends time and is like no look at this yeah and he really makes you look at it for too long yeah but it's really there and poignant and I think it takes on a whole new meaning yeah because I think I think one thing that I find interesting about this movie because like I said it's this guy 65 years old and he's contemplating and he's kind of in this sort of high society and Mm. I think that's that was his goal when he moved to Rome was to be um the king of this sort of high society and there's a really interesting contrast in this movie of the times when he's not surrounded by others when he's just trying Mm. to live his life and how sad that comes across and seems but also with everyone else when they're like they're all dealing with different issues of like business and not working love life not working out trouble with one of their sons yeah and how that's all like you know they're nearly their main day-to-day however you know that's 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 this yeah this is sort of like the day-to-day side of things but then they like you say the sort of dream state the 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 things that go on the 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 spectacle the magic of like these big parties they have where they're like in their element and you're like you seem happy now Mm. and like this is what they work towards this is what this high society kind of group of people are who they do all sorts of things i can't remember well one of them's a journalist like i said um and like this is what they work towards. This is their this is their this is their Friday night bash kind of thing like that. Um, and it's where they, like they let loose the most, and then we just cut to again that sort of sadness of yeah. I think you just... really hit on something of like disconnection within the friendships and within all of them striving oh. towards trying to communicate and trying to be with the other person. Like there's so many times where someone reaches out and says, "I need help," mm-hmm. and th- for some, like they just can't help the person, yeah. or or they try, but it's kind of in the wrong way and yeah. the way that we do in life, and they miss things and things then happen for better for worse, and we can't change it. But I think, yeah, that feeling of disconnect even while you're together mm-hmm. is really really interesting. And and just just because I, I wrote it down because it, uh, it's it's somewhat relevant to this where I think there's a scene where your man Jeb the main character yeah. I don't know if you said his name uh, he just kind of one of them is talking about like I can't remember what she's talking about. it's the feminist one yes and she he just comes I out he's like scene. I, I it's not that one I think it's just before where he goes look we're all on the brink of despair and all we can do is just look each other in the face and try and kid it, kid ourselves I was like oh, oof yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like oh well and that, by the way that's oof as in o o f not the French fernig. <laughs> Um, yeah and it was just like Jesus Christ they're even together and they know this is just the charade yeah. kind of thing and this like I said it's one of these more down downtime uh, points in the movie yeah and I'm not sure if it's because he's like had this has this outlook because he's gotten to that stage in his life and he's sick of kind of pretending mm-hmm. and like trying to help like he just literally in one of the scenes which is the most one of my favorite scenes 
he <laughs> he um he just kind of says it straight and he's <laughs> he just unloads on this it's poor brutal <laughs> but it is so like that's the thing as well like you you're not judging him in that moment yeah. because everything he's saying you can understand and agree with and so somehow he's still being an asshole yeah. but you're like yeah you're, oh not, god because it's the scene where um one of his friends again can we call them friends one of, one of his fellow yeah. members of this I, I keep using the word high society but that's the only word i could yeah, kind of yeah, think of because they, they don't come across as wealthy they just come across no. as in positions of um notoriety and such yeah, like that like yeah. a lot of them work in the arts and yeah. business and such but um she's just talking about how she's better than all of them and how mm. you know why she's a hard working working woman mm. and you know she's trying to raise kids and then jeb is just like well actually and then goes <laughs> off on this five minute rant that is just it just cuts deep oh yeah. and she and then her only response and again it's it somewhat kind of like relevant not today but like as in where you know sometimes a man will take a woman down a peg in a way and she's like oh well you're just a misogynist yeah and then he's like no i'm just i'm just a misanthrope 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 yeah. which is beautiful and i had to yeah. google that word and then i found out it's someone who hates everyone and i was like <laughs> i like this jeb boy i like this jeb man no but i think i think that's the thing as well like it's never even when it's addressing these issues it's not actually trying to make a political statement no it's yeah and that's why it's so interesting to me and that's why i really had to watch it so many times because each time there's like there's just so much in it there's yeah. just so much going on constantly and you don't know what what's what's real uh, i think the <laughs> i think the setting of rome is very interesting mm. because for a few reasons uh like i kind of mentioned with these big party scenes your man jeb lives right beside the coliseum yeah so we always have this backdrop of these kind of like oh, it's kind of like wolf of wall street kind of mm. a great gatsby kind of like parties and then the background you just see like this thing that people visit every day and have a million pictures of and the beauty and the thing that has lasted yeah. over the time but when you think about uh, it it was built in an era of the roman empire i think was it i yeah. don't know i made this assumption myself when i was watching it <laughs> where when you think about it the romans were mad for these sort of parties and such yeah. where it's like people go to rome and they experience the culture of like i think they say it, this is like pizza and clothes pizza and fashion i think yeah your man says that's all we're known for and these beautiful buildings but yet these are the only ones these people these group of people are the only ones that are like nearly continuing that roman tradition of just yeah sleeping I mean, around all, drinking too much performance and that's the thing it's like anytime somebody tries to break the facade anytime somebody tries to um you know have a problem have a problem yeah. or like have ask for help it's just like no 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 what are you doing we're performing this mm-hmm. is all a, this is all an act this is all just what we do this is the way I, we live our lives accept it yeah you know um and i think that's yeah very yeah because there's also and again like these are only mild spoilers because i don't think and again if people are like gary get to the plot the only thing i guess that it's not too much of a spoiler, but kind of what sets Jeb off. I guess Jeb at the beginning of the movie is kind of quite oblivious to what's wrong with this situation kind of thing. He's yeah. kind of like happy. He's very cheery. And then he has uh, a death. Yeah, like it's kind of said in it that yeah. the, the only girl he's ever loved, his childhood sweetheart, passed away. Yeah. And he was like, well, fuck, what's life for kind of thing. Yeah. And then throughout the movie, we're kind of seeing him question Thinks about there's a great scene in like a Botox center. Yeah. Where, oh, and again, so I won't, like it won't ruin, I guess, the intricacies of it. But like, it's just him being like, what the fuck are people doing here? Yeah. What the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And we're kind of watching that journey with him. But I think what I love actually about this story is that they were childhood sweethearts, but mm-hmm. then um, didn't see each other necessarily. So like, it's, it's not 
an immediate grief of someone who's been so present in your life and has taken yeah, up so much yeah, space yeah. and then they're gone, you know, that's not the kind of grief that we're talking about. It's kind of a, a realization of, oh, this thing that I thought was constant and even if I wasn't there to yeah. witness it was just still existing, it suddenly yeah, isn't. It's like the concept yeah. of love in a yeah. way he's just been holding on to that and then he find out it literally died and he goes well fuck yeah and he's like now <laughs> yeah exactly what's this, this for what are six- you doing because yeah and again like the, the movie starts off with him at the 65th birthday party and he mm. looks like he comes across him at, well like in a suit he's there smoking a cigarette and, like everyone's dancing Beautiful. around again we have to talk about the music in a sec Ugh. but um he seems to have life all figured out and then it's just this death that just sort of unravels it and he kind of begins a relationship with someone later on in the movie that i don't think jeb in the first 10 minutes of the movie would have ever considered in a way because no. I think the the connection he has to that is somebody he hasn't seen in about 30 yeah. odd years so yeah I, it's just like that 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 idea of like you say that sort of constant that he was kind of just assuming was there going away just sends the sends him on this spiral and yeah. that's the plot it's really just that's it. someone dies and then he just starts to go around questioning things and like I said it's about three paragraphs on Wikipedia but <laughs> yeah. like but as you had said there's so much nuance and detail in it mm. from like I said script um like I said, the set of the city of Rome and like even some of the, the statues and architecture they're able to incorporate into the scenes as well. So beautiful. Well, absolutely stellar performance from him. I mean, just the way he holds space mm-hmm. and like as you say, he's in the in like these this right beside the Colosseum. Very true, yeah, yeah. He's like with all of these beautiful people and and parties and all of this extravagance always. And he's very reserved in a way and he's very within himself and just manages to hold so much presence yeah. and take up so much space within that that it's just phenomenal to watch. And do you reckon this was his two questions to this one do you reckon that is because we are just reading what he says mm-hmm. rather than hearing what he says oh. or two do you think that was an intentional choice by the actor and the director because they knew people had to read it because there oh. had to be a more physical side of it because you're just reading these words as impactful as they are the words themselves yeah, and i think that's yeah. what punched up a lot of the script was like oh, knowing yeah. it had to be impactful and it couldn't be maybe more flippant and yeah. whatever but yeah do you think it's it's a bit of that because I think there were some characters that I never really clicked with I think because it was more text heavy let's say mm. whereas Jeb himself like you say takes up so much space true maybe that's a really interesting question I think in order to answer this it's I let's bring on Jeb Paolo here we go Paolo you're here welcome <laughs> give it hello Paolo you sound <laughs> different que cosa Joe's really funny. Um, friend of the podcast and not of me, Kino Driscoll currently lives in Indi- <laughs> currently lives in Italy. And shout out to Kino. Can we get Kino to come in and do the weather podcast? No, because Please. I tell you what. No, because he's in like I'd ask him and he won't get back for like three days. Oh, Kino, um, you're listening. I'm sad about this. How are you? How do the weather? The weather? The weather? I'm looking out the window now again and. Uh, it's very foggy. I can't really see too much. I can't really see what the weather's like. We get terrible fogs here. And uh, it doesn't help when it's early in the morning either because I'd be looking out and I don't know what, what's really happening. Uh, but it's cold. It's cold, yeah. I'm chilly. It's about two degrees, I'd say. And foggy. Very foggy. But uh, the sun will go up there now and he'll fucking burn everything off. But yeah, that's, that's foggy. It'll be foggy for a little while and then it'll be hot and then it'll get cold again and then it'll get dark. And uh, It's a funny time of the year now in Italy. It's, it's before the hot sets in, do you know? But uh, at the moment, it's not too bad. It's like a, a nice uh, 
a nice uh, spring, no, winter, no, maybe October, a very chilly October morning in Ireland. Foggy and cold and dry. That's the way it is. But, uh, yeah, I like it. Anyway, <laughs> to answer my question, to answer your question. Um, so Paolo Sorrentino directed a second film that's in he's, English. He's done, he's done a few. And I, I, what is it called? Like Stoker or Stalker or something? Oh, really? No, this one's called Youth. And Michael oh, Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine's in it, I believe. He is. <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I only told you. One second, what happens in this movie? <laughs> Uh, great film it's all about these uh, again these uh, elderly men mm-hmm. um, who are in a old folks home yeah somewhere in Switzerland I think ah, yeah they're always in Switzerland aren't and they? so <laughs> oh classic Switzerland Michael Kine in Switzerland listen, listen if I'm popping my gold anywhere it's going in a swish bank I can't do it it's, I've gone Australian that's what's happening <laughs> that's isn't it that I'm Michael Kine oh, come now. here Master Bruce, put a shrimp on the barbie. Uh, my point. Your point. Uh, he did a movie the called point. Youth. He did a point. He did oh, a he also did that. Uh, oh, yeah. He also did a movie called This Must Be the Place, uh, oh. which was shot in Ireland, I believe, with Sean Penn. I know there's a shot of the Aviva Stadium in it. Where Ireland are playing Italy on the 20th. 25- no, they're not actually. Sorry, that's <laughs> No, not they're not. It's a lie. They're playing in Italy. Um, <laughs> yes, he did Youth. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. And so Youth um, has. Uh, youth has ha, also has a stunning script at certain moments I think what's interesting about the scripts that Paolo chooses I don't know what anyway what order these things happen in but um, there are these moments where like it's not very interesting for quite a long time and then there are these <laughs> moments of magic yeah you should have this is how you should have described the movie at the very, <laughs> yeah. beginning it's all very boring that's yeah. something magical happens uh, and it's worth it um, but I think in terms of that and in terms of taking up space I think it's literally a performance thing because I think I do think there's something interesting in uh, La Grande Bellezza the way the camera is constantly moving mm-hmm. this, yeah, yeah and so like things happen within even if some even if someone is static the camera is constantly moving yeah um, and so I think that gives a huge sense of presence mm-hmm. especially to Jeb yeah uh, but yeah, I'm not sure that that... I don't think it was to do with um, subtitles yeah. and things like that. It's, it's just always something I'm very wary of because... Yeah, um, yeah I just... I don't, I don't know. Like, if a movie just has subtitles, I'm kind of like... I need, not a bad way, but I'm like, right, I need to sit down and like, yeah, watch this. You know, like, really have to concentrate on it. Um, especially when you're watching it at home because I'm a very easily distracted... Oh, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, that was fun. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I just, and again, like I, like, I, like I said, I mentioned up top at one... Um, best foreign language feature, uh, best international f- f- feature film at the Oscars, uh, which is really interesting because like it didn't get nominated for anything else. But more recently, um, movies that have been nominated for in that category have been getting nominations outside of that. And I think mm. this year there's a movie called All Quiet on the Western Front. It's all in German, but it has something like eleven or ten nominations in all categories and stuff like that, which wow. is very not unheard of. But then obviously you have Parasite, which won best yeah. feature and best picture overall um but i'd be very intrigued to see how this would do 
maybe with this new sort of international global academy that they've kind of changed things about like yeah. I definitely could see if getting a script nomination yeah. and I'd actually you know your man Jeb not Jeb yeah Jeb no what's his name again uh, to- name. Tony Tony uh, I'd love to see Tony get uh, a nomination for it because he hasn't done much outside sorry when I say he hasn't done much I'm coming from a I watch English movies and that <laughs> he hasn't done any sort of Hollywood or yeah. anything like that he's kind of stuck in Italy which kind of makes sense because that's where he's from mm. but um, I'd love to I'd love <laughs> to see him in something else in Italy what I'd, are you talking exactly, about exactly yeah um, I'd love to see him do I guess more accessible things to me but then again I should just go watch more Italian things to see <laughs> you should him, just go watch more posters of Dad Scary it's should. not that hard it is I can't read <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair before we go any further we just need to cut to an ad break so Kian, play the music <laughs> Um, we're just going to take this small section of the podcast to talk about your play. My play? Uh, your play, yeah. Mm. Uh, in Smock Alley on the 25th Alley. of February at 3pm. Yes. Called Fairer Gui August Graal. The three things that Charlotte put in the title of this <laughs> play. What's it? The three things that are never seen? Three things that are never seen. It's okay. based on an old, um, in the Irish language, they used to write these triads. So they'd say... Uh, three things that'll annoy a man and then they'll write, you know, three things that'll annoy a man and then they'll do three things that look like a sheep and all these okay. things. And they did hundreds of them. Okay. And one of them is three things that are never seen. And, and you made these three things? As in, you decided these three things? No, these were oh. the, this these was were, the original. These, this is the original. Oh, okay. And so they chose whoever they are um, who wrote all of these, uh, chose the point of a knife, mm-hmm. wind and love. As okay. Yeah. And who's in this, or what? Or like, how does this work? So it. I just want to know. I'm going to it, so I want to know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> so Gary, you will see me. Okay. Um, performing the text, you will see Richard Durning. Okay. Who has composed an entire soundscape and will be performing. Soundscape. That's a fancy soundscape. word. That's what we say in the theatre. There you go. Theater. Wait, do you actually? Yeah, we do, yeah. You don't say like soundtrack, you say soundscape. No, we say soundscape. That's a bit, that's a bit pretentious. I, mean, I know. This is a, I, I don't make up the words, Gary. Would you call him a soundscaper? Uh, a skyscraper scoutscaper. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Okay. I, I've that. never met this man, but when I do, I'll be he's calling He's got a big beard. Okay, but he's a soundscaper. But he's a soundscaper. Cool. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and he'll be scaping his sounds. Okay. Uh, with his guitar live and oh, on cool. the electronic devices. And then I fabricated, made, that's a French word, sorry. I made... Charlotte lives in France. <laughs> do you know? Um, a life-size, I mean life bigger than me, much bigger than me, mm-hmm. life-size puppet. Uh, just for anyone who hasn't seen Charlotte, she is two feet tall. <laughs> very, very tiny woman. Yeah. Um, that is kind of based on a mythical creature that I have invented. Okay. And is that the... The wind gust or the no, knife or the a, love? he's a, one of the magpie people. Okay. O- okay. Yeah. They you didn't mention exist. magpie people at the start. No, exactly. It's all very, it doesn't Okay, well, we can leave it to the listen, ma- Yeah, we listen. don't do it at all, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. So it's all about myths and music and movement. Very um, cool. That's what it is. I can't wait. Oh, uh, well, listen, you don't have a choice, you're going. There we so go. So if there are any listeners who'd like to come as uh, well. If there's any listeners. <laughs> full stop. <laughs> Firstly, if there are any listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Secondly, log on to Seen and Heard and... Um, Seenandheard.com, is that it? Seenandheard.com. Dot com. To book the tickets for mm-hmm. Fowler Gui, August Grill. How much are these 
bad boy sent me back. They are 12 euro if you book online and 15 euro go. on the day. That ain't bad. So. And it's nice and early in the day that, you know, you can go see a play, go get a bit of culture exactly. and then go for a pint or a meal after in 10. Exactly. exactly. 3 p.m. The, exactly. Second, the second match of the day is Gary. Scotland. I think it's Scotland. Playing Oh, it's got, I know Scotland playing France. I just don't know if that's on Saturday or Sunday. I imagine that's Saturday match. I think it's on Saturday. I think the English oh, yeah, match is so on yeah. Sunday. Exactly. There you go. There you go. You'll at least get one match in the day. There you go. So. Uh, we'll go back to talking about the, the great beauty. We will. There you go. Kian, play the music. Uh, we're back. We're I, back. And, and I tell you what, I'm not buying that product. I don't know <laughs> who that absolute fraud of a salesman was trying to pitch me on that. I'm not, I don't, I don't buy it. I do not buy Damn it. Damn it. Um, but yes, I, I, and for some reason, I imagine the, the, the ad might have been talking about soundscapes, whatever the fuck that is. But, soundtracks, um, please. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of soundtracks, mm. this movie, um, I, I, I don't know if I told you what my letterbox review is. No, you didn't. I'll tell you. Oh yeah, I should do, little, I should do another ad for Letterbox. <laughs> Letterbox, go get it so I can see what you think of movies, but also you can see what I think of movies, and I care one <laughs> about one of those way more than the other. Yes, um, I gave it. I gave it three stars. If I'm perfectly honest. Three stars, Gary. Yeah, excuse me. I know. Excuse me. Because I, okay, and this is what I said to you when I watched it, which was after I watched it, so I was. I. I don't think I would have liked this if I just watched it. I think it would have been like, I would have been just too, not bored, but in terms of, I love a strong narrative. Mm. I'm all there for it. And this movie, like I said, does not have that. It does not have that. And it's kind of too far and few between. It's like we're looking at a painting. You're just like, okay. I, <laughs> but the painting I, moves. I know, I know. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm bashing it. I'm just trying to set up to why I'm so... I think only that I knew I was doing this for the podcast. Mm. I, I I spent a lot more time kind of going into it being like, okay, okay, that's interest. Like looking for stuff a bit more. So I think that's why I liked it more than I would have expected to. But I have to be true to my good instinct, which is it's, it's a three-star movie. Three stars is good. I don't give a lot of three stars out. Listen. Anyway, my review was, can a movie truly be pretentious if the soundtrack has Bob Sinclair on it? The Great Beauty puts that to the test in a big way. Wow. If you don't know who Bob Sinclair is, he sings that song. Um, yeah, it's called Love Generation. He does that. And he does a song at the beginning, which is great. And I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Mm. So I was like, have this, if, if a movie has this in it, it could truly be pretentious. Because it's got a lot of opera stuff in it. But yeah. it's also got a lot of, like I said, that disco. Not disco. What the fuck age am I? Um, <laughs> all that sort of hip hop and you know, the cool, kids cool the tunes do. with the kids. Um, it's all like that. But was there anything about the music that you found particularly um, resonating with you? I think... Now, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like there was a pretty constant soundtrack in that it wasn't like... Oh. We can cut this out if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Do you know what? I think the biggest thing that, like, I think it blended, do you know what? I'll say. I'll say that the soundtrack blended in so well with the film that I didn't notice when it was playing and when it wasn't. Like, if you yeah. ask me now, I think that there was a soundtrack for the whole film mm-hmm. and that every single movement of the camera was perfectly aligned with yeah. everything else that went with mm-hmm. it. And I think that's a good testament to a... Yeah, like, it definitely didn't film. take me out of it, which I feel like it... For a movie like this, where a lot is being shown and not said, that yeah. 
and again like you said the video the visuals can be quite static yeah um after there's been like some so that sweeping um camera movements that like i think that for me anyway there's a scene where jeb is sort of going around rome viewing different sort of artworks mm. and i remember the score at that just being quite uplifting because it was kind of melding with the party theme that they were at mm. kind of earlier on as well um can i switch topic to a scene with someone painting something yeah there's a scene in this where a child oh has to, is they're at this one of these party high society strange big big high society i like that word now. high society, high society privileged oh, no, no. people uh, at a big party again they're all jubilant and they're all debaucherous and whatever but there's this kid who is playing with other kids and mm. these two parents come in they're like hey get on out there and do the thing because we need to get paid for this shit yeah and it involves like the kid being dragged out by her like her arm to sort of paint for these people yeah but there's like maybe let's say 20 paint cans lined up and she just starts out of anger yeah chucking it at um this canvas and it's just like watching this kid in rage just like fucking about with paint and all the people just being like "Mm mm-hmm i see (laughs) yes Mm, she's gone for the red paint can not that it's the nearest (laughs) paint can to her at the moment but why'd you choose that and they're all like yeah and then the the, the, sort of jeb's date to this is sort of like what the fuck's going on here yeah 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 but i i so i guess my point here being Mm. is like do you you, as as an artist yourself and as someone who's kind of um what you call it uh immersed in the art artistic scene of Paris yes do you find that people are pretentious wankers when it comes to art sometimes even though it's so stupid and you're just like it's just someone chucking paints out of, paints out of fucking canvas oh god yeah um, and how much did that how much did, of this scene where you're just like fuck yeah I've been there to, no definitely and I think I think there is definitely within I mean certainly within French culture I'm not sure about Italian culture but um, that sense of almost the more outrageous the the uh, better okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote, it's quote perceived better. um and so like if you've gone to extreme you remember <laughs> you remember we saw that wonderful play it had all of that goo so it. i went to a play <laughs> bit of backstory here i went to a play uh i went to paris to visit Charlotte. this time last year actually would believe yeah and um you said there was this play you wanted to go to and i was like okay spurs are playing man city but sure why not <laughs> And, uh, always with that sport <laughs> always with sports and um, says the one you just keep putting on you keep bringing me to things when sports is on <laughs> jokes I knew sports are on all the time and um, yeah it was this play that was all in French mm. and my French is uh, not a good <laughs> and uh, what was great about it anyway I'm not talking about this play too much but like what was great about it was it was visually very immersive for the world it was building so I actually could pick up a lot of the context and I, with my very limited French but the last 20 minutes it's just <laughs> this lad being covered in goo and then everyone being covered in goo and then them all rolling about in goo for goo it was for just days a lot of goo stuff so much goo and then ev- and then because we didn't because I wasn't over for too long and I think that was like the one big thing we did yeah and everyone kept asking about how I got on Paris and I was like I got brought to this fucking... <laughs> and it's like a far... It's not in the centre of Paris. You have to go a bit far out. And it's just on like... On a Saturday night. It was on a Saturday night. And Spurs were playing Man City. Spurs were playing Man City. They beat Man City, no less. Oh, I missed God, it. I missed Harry Kane's winning that game. Um, well, I'll never forget the goo, though. And yeah, it was great. <laughs> so it was this weird fucking goo thing. This is yeah. too much of a goo tangent. But I, why it's relevant is... So I told David... These people like making pretentious <laughs> art. In these people countries. like pretentious art. But also, uh, David asked... I told David about... Um, your play mm. and he was like oh is this the goo thing is it 
<laughs> no, no. Can I just say for the record, there will be no goo oh, there's no in goo? my play. Oh, boo. Boo to no goo, I say. Um, You've become so, a yeah, goo Exactly. So, yeah, people make pretentious. And this was like, whole. Yeah. This was like 20 minutes of goo. This was so much goo. And the girl ended up, as the men did in, in that play, covered in paint. Yes. So, yeah. But it's but I think it kind of turns itself in his head. And again, it's not too much of a spoiler in that, like, she actually does turn it into something yeah. artistic at the end. You're like, ah, okay, yeah, fair, okay, okay. Yeah, and I mean, she seems like she was okay with it in the end, yeah. thankfully. Thankfully. It could have been a very different scene. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the thing. Like... It's never trying to force an opinion on you. And I think there are so many films that do try and really hammer a point home. Go on, go on, name two. Oh, God. <laughs> I, oh. I can name two. Oh. Happy Feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Drive Miss Daisy. <laughs> two classics. Two classics. Classics. Shoving their political agenda down your exactly. throat. Can't be dealing with that. And this film does not do that. Yeah. It just kind of puts things in your face and you're like, oh. like a Like a big painting drawn by a child. Yeah. This movie took a turn for me at one point when we're introduced to a 90-year-old nun. Oh, yeah. And that's where... It's really it interesting. How, it's it's, it's kind of... It, this is where I was yeah, kind of like, all yeah. oh, right, okay. But it's very interesting. So there's like, not three, but like three of the main things that come to mind about this movie is mortality, mm. art, and faith. Yeah. And I think the faith section kind of lost me a bit mm. because it was one... It was just very... For some reason, I don't know why I found it the most unbelievable of all the kind of parts of the movie. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Um, but yeah, there's this 90-year-old nun that's involved into it. Uh, but so, to take this on another tangent about another play that I've seen, <laughs> um, I recently went to see Burroughs uh, in the O'Reilly Theatre. So what? Burroughs. The movie from, um, sorry, what's his name? Uh, Billy Eichner from Universal about the first gay oh, the first gay rom-com released distributed no. widely by a studio no, no, no. no it's a play by a man called Gastelucci no no, no 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 this is a Billy Eichner's movie <laughs> no Gary all my references are theatre god damn you okay and um, and I will what I will say is that the Italians much like the Irish love making things that involve faith mm-hmm. and bringing it as like subtle references into everything that happens um and so i think that that scene with the nun was like a classic example of here's faith and you didn't know but it's actually been here the whole time and now it's here and now we're all deeply uncomfortable but you're gonna have to keep watching it because it's almost over and but also it was kind of like a on jeb's journey it's like ah finally the the place that'll have the answers and it's just very much like them being like we don't fucking know yeah (laughs) yeah openly um yeah, I just felt like that went on a bit too long for me. But but I, yeah, and also I didn't believe the makeup on this ninety year old. I don't know if she was ninety, but I think that was the the general vibe we were going. But again, with. there there was something so. I think that's what's interesting. Like there are so many characters, but like strange characters. Like okay. it's supposed to be a representation that's of normal fair. life, and actually, her especially, like she is just weird. Yeah, like that's not a real human. You know. I hope not. I hope Fuck, not. Fuck! I hope not. <laughs> Oh no, I'm Wouldn't scared that be now. Terrible. They might have actually made her work and do all those scenes uh, and filming and refilming. Oh, oh no. god! I mean, you thought the scene. Oh no, the I just meant I didn't want. Bad. I just, I just, I just more so meant I don't want her to be real. That like she can come and get me. <laughs> she's coming for you. Guys. That's what I mean. I'm scared. <laughs> did you say your prayers last night? No, but she I did knows? look. At, I did look in the mirror and say her name three times and do oh, the twirl. Oh, that's good. Well done. Um, the twirl stops it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I like to end sometimes with uh, some letterbox reviews I've, I found that were pretty good. If that's all right. Oh, yeah, go on. Don't roll your eyes, miss. I'll bring you to a goo play. All right. This is my, this is my. Okay. This okay. Is my Kean, play the music. Stop saying Kean, play the music. I'm not getting him to do this. He's... Kean, you will be in this podcast. Do you hear me? You will be in this podcast. Um, so this person called Remoto, I think it is, calls it the ultimate Italian movie. It goes 10% nudity, 10% fashion and art snobbery. Ten percent melancholic nostalgia for a time when things seemed more alive because aging hits differently in a city that's twenty eight centuries old. Wow. Five percent Catholicism Mm -hmm. and sixty five percent partying. (laughs) Yeah, accurate. If you like. And then the last one's from Dan. Four stars. Intellectual masturbation. (laughs) Oh yes. I mean yes, yes, yes. Um, but I think that's the great beauty, Charlotte. I think that's the great beauty. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the great beauty? I think we've kind of. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think that's good. I think there are two uh, magical moments with animals that are really bizarre, but I'm just going to leave Oh, yeah, there, I like that. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how the movie ends is immensely strong, I would say. Yeah, that's true. I was a big fan of that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's that's the great beauty, like I said. Shout out O'Reilly, thank you so much for coming back and doing the thank podcast. Thank you so much, Gary O'Brien. And from Reading the Peers. That's me. And I want to thank everyone who has listened to this and all the other ones. If you want to know when new ones are coming out, you can follow <laughs> at Reading in the Peers on Instagram. You can follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to check out Charlotte's Play. The link is in the podcast description. You can also follow the podcast on YouTube and TikTok. And I like Bebo and MySpace, and I just, sometimes I just send a letter. I just send people a letter and say, hey, podcast, you, let's go listen. (laughs) (laughs) They're great letters. Uh, But also, I am going to paint a big, like, thing. Don't don't use goo. Why not? I feel like goo is the, goo is like. Goo is the new. Goo is the new TikTok, I find. All the kids are gooing these days. No, I don't like that. That sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Key and play the music.